When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Tell It Abs It Is podcast is sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook. Football is right around the corner. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with the NFL returning, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when you bet $1 or more on any football game. That's right, you're hearing this correctly. All you have to do is head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 or more on any week one game to receive $200 in free bets instantly with no strings attached. And if DraftKings Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contest. And for week one, DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at a $1 million top prize because nothing adds to the excitement of watching a game quite like having a free shot at $1 million. So what are you waiting for? There is no reason to not be all over these offers from DraftKings for week one of the NFL, which is coming up way sooner than you think. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place just a $1 bet on any football game and get a free shot at a million-dollar top prize with your first deposit. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana 1-800-9-WITH-IT. <laughs> Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I am your host, as always, Griffin Youngs. Hope you have enjoyed the early portion of your week. And if you're like me and you've gone back to school, whichever kind of school that it is, hope you have enjoyed your classes to the best of your ability so far. I hope your professor actually showed up to your first lecture unlike mine. Still don't know why that happened, which was well over 12 hours ago at this point that I was sitting in a lecture hall with 50 people, everyone just looking at each other, wondering what the hell's going on. No message from the professor, no reason as to why, and everyone just got up and left at a certain point. I mean, that was my first in-person class in a a year and a half. You know, COVID shut everything down. I haven't been on a campus in, uh, like I said, over a year and a half. This was my first time going back on a college campus. I woke up bright and early today, got nice and dressed, made myself look nice, and you get to class. I got my my notes open and everything. I'm, I'm ready to go, and it's 9.15, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? We're all just sitting in class, just looking at each other like are we in the right classroom like are we are all of us in the wrong classroom and then no we were we were in the right lecture hall we were all in the right place just there was no professor and he just never showed up and I like I said I still have no idea why so that was a nice little welcome back to campus for me this morning but nevertheless Believe it or not, we actually have Avalanche news to talk about today. And you know, I wish it was just a little more positive because 
I'm, I'm going to be straight up here. I hate this. I utterly hate this move. You know, it may, maybe you missed this one. This kind of flew under the radar a little bit. I mean, to be fair, it's the 1st of September, and obviously people are getting a little more busy by the day, understandable. So in, just just in just in case you missed it, um, I'll try I'll try to break this to you as lightly as I can. Um, the, I guess there's no beating around the bush. The Avalanche they they signed Jack Johnson to a PTO. Yeah, that no that Jack Johnson. Yeah yeah that one. The Jack Johnson, the bad one, the really really bad Jack Johnson to. A PTO, and you know, let, let's let's get the let's just let's just jump right into it. No, there's no point beating around the bush with this one. I hate this. This is awful. This is horrible. Jack Johnson is horrible. So let's let's get the excuse out of the way first. I do not care that this is a PTO. That does not matter at all because Jack Johnson is a avoid at all costs player. You do not. Touch him. You do not call him. If his agent calls you, you block their number immediately and you throw that phone in a volcano and get a new number. You do not touch this guy at all costs because now Pandora's box has opened and I am sure that we will somehow find a way for Jack Johnson to be playing NHL minutes this season and I will simply just collapse onto the floor dead. I cannot overstate how horrible this move is and how bad Jack Johnson truly is. You know, I, I like to think of myself as, as a reasonable person. You know, I don't have to agree with every move that the Avalanche make. I'm not some all-knowing sage. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know everything or even have 1% of the knowledge of Joe Sackick and the people in that front office. Not not at all. I'm just a guy. But I can give absolutely no positive spin here. I cannot window dress this move at all. Jack Johnson is legitimately horrible. Like, one of, if not the worst player in the league. And that's not dramatic. This guy, like... No matter how you how you get your information about him, he's horrible. If you watch him play, he's horrible. If you just look at his analytics, he's horrible. If you just talk to other people who have watched him play, he's horrible. I don't get how this guy keeps getting opportunities here. Like th like you just look at his analytical numbers. They're an absolute disaster. And you talk to Rangers and Penguins fans for the last few years, they will tell you, this guy is awful. Like, I, I, I know some Rangers fans who watch Jack Johnson closely. I watched Jack Johnson closely when he was on the Rangers. There was a certain point last season where the only reason I was watching the Rangers was to watch Jack Johnson play because of just how bad this guy is. I know Rangers fans who've told me well well before today that if they never signed Jack Johnson or at very least didn't play him, they might have legitimately made the playoffs because he cost them games. He would go onto the ice and just do the most unfathomable shit imaginable. Take the dumbest penalty, miss the easiest assignment, that would just actively cost them goals and would lose them games. And the Rangers missed the playoffs by a margin. I think it was 11 points. They were 11 points behind the Islanders. So maybe that's just, like, fans talking there. But they would have at least been a lot closer. Jack, like, I cannot overstate. Just, like, if you have not watched Jack Johnson... And, you know, maybe you're thinking, that, well, he surely he can't be that bad. I can put it like this. You will miss Patrick Nemeth. If Jack Johnson actually starts playing NHL games for this team, you will miss Patrick Nemeth badly. You will miss the days of the Vegas series 
where Patrick Nemeth was the problem. And you know what? Maybe we never get to this point. Maybe the best thing we can hope for now is for management and coaching staff to realize the the horrible mistake that has been made here and cut him loose and do not under any circumstance sign this man to a contract. I will take anybody else, anybody else on our current depth chart over Jack Johnson. I will pull up the cap friendly and I will look at the non-roster defense and I will tell you if I will take them over Jack Johnson. Justin Barron, yes. Nathan Clerman, yes. Absolutely, I will. Roland McCowan, first time I've ever seen his name. We signed him this year, I believe, in this offseason. I will take him over Jack Johnson. Dennis Gilbert, yeah. Keaton Middleton, yes. Jacob McDonald, yes. I will take all of them, all of them over Jack Johnson because at least they can grow. And you know what? That Maybe they won't be good, but they will not be Jack Johnson. I will take Sean Barons, who we just drafted, the 5'10", 18-year-old Sean Barons. I will take him over Jack Johnson. I, like, I, I can't believe that we are doing this right now. I can't just... Just alone, as a person who looks at the NHL, I cannot believe that Jack Johnson has got another opportunity. And you know what? Good, good for him for getting another opportunity. I want to see people succeed in the sport on an individual level, no matter how good or bad they are. And I'm sure Jack Johnson is a wonderful person. But I cannot understand for the life of me how people are watching him play hockey games and are continuously giving him opportunities. This like this is now the third time. The Penguins signed him to a ridiculous contract after he was out of Columbus and he was not good in Columbus and that, right at the time that contract was laughed at and was known to be an immediate mistake after they signed him for 5 years. They made it 2 years into that 5-year deal and bought him out. And the Rangers saw that, saw how bad he was in Pittsburgh. And he thought, well, you know, it didn't work out for them, but maybe it'll work out for us. We'll sign, we'll sign to a one-year deal. What what could possibly go wrong on a one-year deal? At $1.15 million, what could possibly go wrong? Jack Johnson played 13 games for the Rangers, and I have people tell me that that is one of the reasons that they missed the playoffs because Jack Johnson played 13 games and he cost them games with just how bad he is. And I had another one warn me today after this signing broke that you do not understand. You think you understand how bad this guy is? You don't. Until you see him play for your team and you are forced to endure him night in and night out, you do not understand just how bad this guy is. You do not understand the pain. And that, like, that is just how bad he was. That is 13 games worth of Jack Johnson that got him that kind of review from Rangers fans, that this man cost us a playoff spot in 13 games, the early 13 games of the season. I don't know how you see that and bring this guy in, because this is not for, like, even, like, for anyone else, I would look at that and be like, okay, it's depth, it's another body. Like, with several of our trades last year, I'm, to I'm totally blanking on his name, the guy we got for Ian Cole, which which should say just how important he was last year. God, well, Greg Patteron, that was his name. We got Greg Patteron last year, and I was like, that's a body. That's a guy we can put in if need be, and I barely thought about that trade again, and Patteron was not good when he came into the lineup, but he was manageable, and Jack Johnson, you by putting him on the ice, you are putting yourself at an active detriment. You are not giving yourself the best opportunity to win games. And again, I understand that this is a PTO and he is not signed by the team yet. But 
the fact that the door has been opened is reason enough to panic because th like this is the kind of player that you do not open the door to. You do not entertain the idea of signing. Like do you, like do you understand like how bad someone has to be for me to get like this, for me to be like, no, 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 no. Put that back where it came. Like I said, I think this is the only player in the NHL where I would act like this with them. Again, even Ryan Reeves, who I really don't like and would not want on my team, if we did trade for him, I would be able to get past it and justify it eventually. Like, not that's not talking about contracts and cap space and everything. I'm purely just talking about the caliber of player. Jack Johnson, I think, is the only one where just the mere idea of him playing NHL minutes for my team could get me like this. Anyone else, I, I think I could make some kind of justification for it. Just about it. I mean, they traded for Devin Dubnik last season. Do you understand how much I do not like Devin Dubnik? And you know, I didn't like the move at the time. I thought it was a bad move at the time. It was a bad move. Devin Dubnik was not good. I didn't act like this. I wasn't like Devin Dubnik is literally going to cost us games. This is one of the biggest mistakes you could ever make. I was like, I don't like the move. I don't agree with it. I see the need for a backup goalie. I think we could have done better. You, you could have signed any... Like, who, who's, who's still a free agent defenseman on the market right now? I, I will go and look right now. Who is still a free agent defenseman that we could have signed instead? Jason Demers, first, first defenseman that comes up. I would have taken him a million times over Jack Johnson. Eric Goodbranson... A million times over Jack John. Eric Gustafson, Sammy Votnin, Braden Coburn. I would have taken these guys in a heartbeat over Jack Johnson. All of them. Every single one of them. This guy, I've like, as dramatic as you might think I'm being right now, I don't think I'm, I don't think I can state it enough just how bad this guy is. I mean, you want to you want to just look at the numbers, okay? We can look up a Jay Fresh player card. His wins above replacement percentage is eight percent. And you know what? You might look at some of these numbers and be like, oh, well, they're bad, but they're not like this guy is the worst player in the league. Bad. You know, he's got twelve percent offense, twenty-seven percent defense. And, you know, and if you're thinking, like, oh, well, he can play on the penalty kill, you know, take a Gerard off the penalty kill in a pinch if we ever have injury. No, this guy sucks on the penalty kill. He has a 9%. I don't think he's ever played on a power play in his life. This guy also just takes, like, the dumbest penalties imaginable. Like, when I think of Jack Johnson, I think of, it was either game one or two for the Penguins against the Islanders in 2019, where Jack Johnson takes a penalty and then comes out of the box and within five seconds of being out of the box takes two more on his way to the bench. He interferes with someone else and then just bowls over Adam Pellick, who doesn't even have the puck. The puck is in the like the offensive zone and he just bowls him over on the way to the bench and takes like a double minor and goes back to the box. I can't believe we signed him. I don't care. It's a PTO. I can't believe this guy's in the organization because he's get he doesn't go away. He's gonna find a way onto the team. There, I seriously doubt that they're just gonna be like, yeah, well, it, it doesn't, it didn't work out. You got your shot. Now go home. No, I, I believe it. I believe we're gonna sign him to a deal, and I am gonna hate it. With every fiber of my being, like you look more like his quality of competition is eight percent. That's horrible. That like the, the he is getting the easiest matchups imaginable and struggling immensely with them. Like they're like so you're signing someone to a PTO. That that means that. He doesn't have a contract. You're going to see what he has in training camp and then see if you'll give him a contract. My question is, what are you expecting here? 
what is the expectation here? Is that, huh, well, it seems that Jack Johnson isn't actually that bad. Like, what what are we thinking is going to happen here? That, like, he has some, like, leadership qualities that we don't know about or, like, that he's actually not awful on the penalty kill or that he actually doesn't skate like he's in concrete, like he doesn't pass a puck like it's an active grenade, like he doesn't blow assignments like he's a traffic cone stuck in mud. Like, what, like what, are the, what is the expectation here? You're signing him to this deal with the expectation of what? That he's going to earn a spot on the roster for competition. If you want competition with veterans, I just named like five players from Cap Friendly that can serve as better competition than Jack Johnson. Like, we'll go through that again. Like, Zdeno Chara. I watched Chara on the Caps last year. He wasn't that bad. He's old and slow and can't really do much anymore. He's not Jack Johnson. Zdeno Chara can still play in an NHL lineup in a pinch. Ben Hutton, Michael Stone, Jason Demers, Nate Prosser, Aaron Ness. Do you know who that is? I don't. I watched him play a Caps game once. He's a person that exists. And I can tell you for a fact that I would rather have him over Jack Johnson. I can tell you that for a straight-up fact. This is so bad. So unbelievably bad. Like I said, like, I don't have a positive spin here. I'm like, it might sound like I'm being dramatic and just dunking on Jack Johnson and the management. I'm just telling what I believe to be God's honest truth. The the horror stories that I have heard about this man and that I have watched and that is reflected in his numbers. Like that, like there is, I really don't think there's a debate to be had here on this guy. The, the, the jury's been out forever on this guy. We know the deal with him. The microscope has been on him ever since he signed that horrible deal with the Penguins. It's been three years since then, and he has consistently been one of, if not the worst defenseman in the NHL. Do you understand how bad that is? And I also wouldn't be as bothered by it if he wasn't the only one. Or if he was the only one, sorry. Because he's not the only one. We also traded assets for Curtis McDermott, man. Like, come on. You know, like, if if you're one of those people who, like, really wanted size after the Vegas series, we need a bigger defense. Sam Gerrard is small. Kale McCarr is small. We are too small. We need bigger guys. I hope you're happy because you you got them. You got your big guys. These are your big guys. These are the big guys that are supposed to carry you through the playoffs. Jack Johnson, 227 pounds. Grr, big, strong, tough guy. Curtis McDermott, 6'5", 233 pounds. Grr, these guys suck. These are awful defensemen. Like, you look at their numbers, you watch them play, there are very few things that these players do well. Like, the fact that we got someone worse than Curtis McDermott in the same offseason is, quite frankly, very concerning. Because Curtis McDermott is not good. But Curtis McDermott does one thing very well, and that's be 6'5 and 233 pounds. Jack Johnson does not utilize his size at all. He stands there and watches you as you blow by him with the most average of speeds. Curtis McDermott will at least try to hit you, even if he can't catch you. I mean, technically, McDermott's wins above replacement numbers are worse than Johnson's. He has a 4% wins above replacement percentage. I mean, his even strength defense percentage is 3%. That is ungodly terrible, but his quality of competition is 10%, which is still better than Jack Johnson, and apparently he has a 92% finishing rate, McDermott does. I guess he just doesn't shoot, and when he does, he scores, but he actually plays on the penalty kill 67%, so he does a thing well. Jack Johnson does not do anything well. The best thing he does on this is penalties, 66%, which I can tell you 
that is not true. That is not true. I have watched this guy play. He cannot help himself when it comes to taking penalties. It's like his favorite thing to do is just take the absolute dumbest of penalties just whenever he can. It, it It's un, unbelievable. And, you know, you, you want to shake my faith in a management group? You, th- this is the one. This is the move you make to, to do that. Not, not saying that I don't believe in Joe Sackick anymore. But, guys, we got to admit here, this has been a rough offseason. Much rougher, I think, than it needed to be. And, like, I think we've done okay in certain aspects, but... Look, we, I think we all have to take a step back here and admit that th- th- this has been a real rough offseason. Like, yes, we kept the team together. We kept McCarr. We kept Landeskog. That's all well and good. We've got the core of our team still together, and we're still Stanley Cup contenders, but we have not filled the hole on the wing on the second line. We've signed... We traded for Curtis McDermott. We traded an active draft pick for that guy. And we are now open the Pandora's box of Jack Johnson. And you know what? Maybe Jack Johnson never plays a game. Maybe, maybe we can look back on this in a month or a month and a half when we're playing NHL games again and be like, whew. Remember that? Remember when Jack Johnson was almost an Av? Or even technically he is, but remember when he almost signed a contract? Remember that freak out that I had? I want that to be true. You don't understand. I, I, if I'm wrong on this, I'm wrong, and I will be so happy. You can post me all over freezing cold takes. I, I don't care if you put my face on a billboard with these quotes. I don't care. If it means Jack Johnson does not play a game with the Avalanche, I will take that trade a hundred times out of 100 again. If you have not seen this guy play, you don't understand the horrors that await if he actually suits up. Because even like even if the plan is, oh, well, we'll have him around as a, like an eighth, a ninth defenseman, I promise you the situation will arise where Jack Johnson is playing games for you because that's just how Jack Johnson works. You go, like, the plan with the Rangers, the justification was, well, he's going to be like a seventh, he's going to be like a seventh defenseman. Who cares? He's a veteran presence. He ended up on their top pair. He finds a way somehow. It's not even him finding a way. It's just the universe just carves a path for him to find a way into an NHL lineup. I, I mean, if if ever at any point you have a Curtis McDermott and Jack Johnson pairing, I like if if I see that come up on my phone or on my screen, you I will need to be taken out on a stretcher and revived in a hospital. I won't be able to take it. I I would I would prefer that to watching those two play together. I have not skated on ice in like three years, and I think I have a legitimate shot at beating them in a race on ice. Those, I... Oh my god. Oh my god. I I truly, honest to god, cannot believe that we, actu- that we were the team that actually is giving Jack Johnson an, an opportunity. There, there, like, there's got to be a reason, right? I'm, listen to me. I'm running through the stages of grief right now for this. Like, this is ridiculous. I've, I was, I was literally just about to hit like the, like the bargaining stage. I did hit the bargaining stage. Now I'm like, but surely there, like, there has to be a reason for this, right? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I truly, honest to God, do not know. Did not leadership quality, like, has he ever been, like, an alternate cap? Was he an alternate captain in, like, Columbus or something? Like, with the Rangers, clearly he wasn't that good of a leader. He played 13 games and left after one year. He was bought out by the Penguins. Like, clearly his leadership isn't that quality. He doesn't do anything on the ice, like... He's never won a Stanley Cup. He's like, what, has he been far in the playoffs? No, he's never. 
he hasn't played. The most he's played is six playoff games. Like, what are we? Like, there's nothing here. He went to the Olympics, like, in 2012. He was with Team USA in the World Cup in 2016. He played two games. Like, he hasn't gone on a deep playoff run. He hasn't won a gold medal. Like, there's nothing here with this guy. Like, when I say that there is nothing here, I truly mean it. There's nothing here. There's no reason to be signing this guy. Like, with about any other player, there is at least one reason. Like, he does this well. He has this kind of experience. Like I said with McDermott, he's not good, but he is 6'5". And if he hits you, it's going to hurt. And it beefs up the defense a little bit. But I said months ago that I do not want that guy playing consistent NHL games. And the way the lineup is structured, he probably won't. But he at least does that well. Jack Johnson does nothing well. Nothing. Like, nothing at all. So, like, I just don't understand, one, how he keeps getting these opportunities, and two, why we are giving him the opportunity to do this. I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. Let another team sign him. Let Like, let the Rangers bring him back. Let another team that thinks that, oh, this time it will work for us, do it for them. And if you want another defenseman, you can bring in on a PTO, there are still, like, 10 guys that you could have signed instead. Like, there's there's no reason for this. This is just an ungodly, horrible decision. Again, the, like I said, the best-case scenario is that we realize the mistake and let him go. And just don't bother with this again. Because there is no opportunity that this is going to work out. It doesn't work that way with Jack Johnson. There's nothing redeeming here. And I swear he's gonna find he's gonna get a contract. He's gonna find a way to sneak his way into this lineup and drive me insane. Like I said, if he does, you will miss Patrick Nemeth dearly. Dearly. You, Patrick Nemeth will seem like a top pair defenseman compared to Johnson. Like, God, I tr- I truly can't believe it. I don't th- I don't think I've ever been like this flabbergasted at a move. Like I w- I was pretty like riled up by the Dubnik trade. I did not like that move at all, but I got over it. And even at the time, I was like, okay, I get it. This I'm like no that like there's there's no there's nothing to defend here there's no like well there's this and that and blah 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 no that like this is bad this is just truly honest to God bad Jack Johnson is a player you do not touch under any circumstance I don't know how after seeing what he has done over the last three years you think that there is something to be salvaged here even if it is on a PTO so. I don't understand it. I don't know how I could possibly understand it. I don't know what the reasoning is here. And I hope to God that he does not suit up for a single game. Because that's the best That's the best thing we can hope for at this point. There is, like I said a million times already, nothing here. Nothing. This would just be empty salary cap space spent. Like, even if you give him a contract and he doesn't play a game, what's even the point? Like, what Like what are we doing here? What is the point of this? Why? It's like I said all the way at the beginning of this conversation. Why? Why would you do this? I don't have an answer. I don't think we're going to get an answer. Hopefully, the, by the time training camp ends... He, he'll just they'll just be like yeah he didn't make the team he's cut i don't know i i just don't know and i guess we will find out over the coming weeks and i hope that after training camp ends that is the last time we will ever have to talk about it again because i cannot state 
again, I tr- again, I cannot overstate just how much you should be pleading for him to not play a single game. Pleading. But man, again, I don't get it. And I've I've spent enough time on on Johnson as it is. I did not go into today expecting to talk about Jack Johnson. I was mainly just going to talk about the the offer sheet with the the Hurricanes and Kakeniemi and the Canadians and what they're going to do with that. And I'll still talk about that a little bit. But this this totally threw off the show plan for today. I was I was sitting in my empty class like I have nothing to do. Might as well prepare some notes on the offer sheet situation. And when I don't even know when this happened, like three o'clock Eastern time or so. When even was this? Yeah, like about four o'clock Eastern time. I was just like, well, I found my topic for today. I guess we're going to be talking about good old Jack Johnson, Jackery Johnson. So I think that about covers my feelings on Jack Johnson for a time. I hope we don't have to talk about him again. And again, I'm sure he's a wonderful person, a very kind person who deserves another opportunity. But you know, it it shouldn't have to be with the Avs. Let another let another team give him the opportunity. You know, you don't always have to be the nice guys here. You can you can let someone else do that for him. I'm sure he's I'm sure he's a very nice guy. And I don't mean any of this personally towards him as a person. I don't mean this as a personal attack. I am looking at this purely as a fan of the Avalanche, that I cannot hate this move more. So that's my feelings on that. Moving on before I accidentally go on for another half hour on Jack Johnson. The original plan for the show was to talk about the Carolina Hurricanes and Montreal Canadiens offer sheet drama with Jesperi Kakeniemi, which, I mean, an actual honest-to-God offer sheet in the NHL that is not, like, dog shit, like the Aho, oh my god, the Aho one, what did I say? I don't even know what I said, Sebastian Aho offer sheet situation from a few years ago, there was never any doubt that Carolina was going to match that immediately, it was almost like Montreal did them a favor by giving Aho that offer sheet, this one I, I legitimately think the Canadians are going to let him go. I think it would be in their best interest to let him go. And for the Hurricanes, a lot of this just seems to be about petty revenge for the Ajo offer sheet. I don't know how like prudent of a move this is for them actually to be essentially trading a first and a third for $6.1 million of Kakeniemi. And sure, if they sign him to an extension for a lower AAV before they have to give him the qualifying offer, then maybe that can make more sense. But this is like the first legitimately interesting offer sheet since like Shea Weber. Has there even been another offer sheet outside of Ajo since Shea Weber? Wasn't there like the David Backus one or whatever? But like, the Shea Weber one was the last actually interesting one where it seemed like they weren't actually going to match it. And like offer sheets are a good idea that can actually net you some good players and screw over teams that you're competing against. I don't understand why more teams don't just do this. And not to mention, these are just really fun. This is great entertainment, especially right now. I wrote an article a couple days ago, a little less than a week ago, right when this all happened, about how these need to become like a regular thing. Like teams really should start doing this, even if just for nothing else other than the the entertainment value here. I mean, when have we had significant hockey news happening in August of all times, in offer sheet of all things? It's unheard of in a league where the the biggest news we would have had up to this point would be the Avalanche and Jack Johnson's PTO and the Hurricanes with the the mocking the Canadians with the the twenty dollars signing bonus. First of all, that is so funny to me. The fact that Kakaniemi it has a literal twenty dollar signing bonus. Like th- that picture is just so funny 
to me of just him signing the contract, whether it's in Montreal or Carolina, and they just they hand him like a crisp twenty dollar bill as he leaves the room. I don't know why that picture is so funny, but I, I hope that's what they actually do. They just hand him a twenty dollar bill and tell him to not spend it all in the same place. But just with the the twenty dollar signing bonus in reference to Aho's jersey number and the fifteen dollar was there another signing bonus? No, there's some other thing in there. Some other fifteen in there for Kokaniemi's jersey number, and they copied the 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 Canadians statements for Aho a few years ago, like almost word for word, except they switched out Sebastian Aho for Yasperi Kokaniemi. And just, it's so good. The the rivalry between the general managers and the owners is very entertaining. And the fact that we're talking about, okay, well, if Montreal doesn't match, they get the first round pick and the third round pick. Could they trade that for a player like Christian Dvorak? Could they just keep those picks since it's in Montreal? It's just, it's set up such an interesting and unique conversation that we just haven't had in such a long time and I really don't think that Montreal is going to match this because this contract is not very good it puts them over the cap and will force them to make other moves for Kakaniemi who I mean he's 20 years old and Montreal's a very rough market they rushed that poor kid but he's just not that good I'm sure he'll be good eventually I mean, he's still only 20 but he's not worth $6.1 million, and the, the qualifying offer for next year would have to be $6.1 million. And I, I think it would be a better idea for Montreal to call Carolina's bluff, stick them with that contract, and have them figure it out instead, and get those draft picks in return, and flip those picks along with other stuff to go get a, a Christian Dvorak or a, a Jack Eichel. Oh, I, like, you know, you instead of packaging Cuck and Emmy, you package the first and the third along with other stuff. You go get Jack Eichel as if it's just that easy, but it makes it a little easier, I guess. But Dvorak seems like it could be a reasonable opportunity for them to go and do. And just, we haven't had a true offer sheet in a long time. Like, since 2010, I wrote a whole article on this on Fanside, if you want to go read this, but I talked in there since 2010... There have only been five offer sheets in the NHL. And obviously the last one was Sebastian Ajo, and that was very easily matched. That one barely even counts as an offer sheet because it was a joke. And the last one before that was actually with the Avs, with Ryan O'Reilly. When the Flames offer sheeted Ryan O'Reilly for two years at $5 million per, that one was matched, but it damaged the relationship, as we all know, between O'Reilly and and the Avalanche, and eventually led to him getting dealt to the Sabres. And the last one before that was a year prior with Shea Weber and the Predators, after he got offersheeted by the Flyers at 14 years at $110 million. That one was very, very close to not getting matched. Very, very close. And the last one that actually did not get matched was in 2007 when the Edmonton Oilers offer sheeted Dustin Penner from the Anaheim Ducks and gave up a first, second, and third in the, the upcoming draft that year. It's been 14 years since an offer sheet was not matched. I mean, there has only been one offer sheet not matched this century. The last one before that was Chris Gratton after the Flyers offersheeted him from the Lightning. And the compensation was four first-round picks. They traded them back, and that was the whole difficult and whatever. But since, what was that, 1996, 1997, there's been one offer sheet that was not matched. So I hope that becomes a thing. I mean... Even since 2000, there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Kokaniemi makes 10 since the turn of the century. Like, this stuff's got to be more common. I get, like, maybe you don't have them every year. But 
maybe not for star players, but like for players like like last year. Give me one reason why Eric Chernak did not get an offer sheet from another team. You know, and maybe the thing that we always forget is the player has to sign the offer sheet. But for players, this would be a great way for them to make more money on their next deal. So just for example, Eric Chernak in Tampa Bay. Why did he not get an offer sheet? He signs at under $3 million for three years. You're telling me a team couldn't have screwed over Tampa last year and offer sheeted him at like four or five million dollars on a one or two year deal and force them to sign that deal and screw over the defending champs or have them let him walk and just pay up the compensation for a good player. Like for players like Chernak or even a guy who was signed today, Anthony Beauvillier, four million dollars. Like that's another guy who would be a reasonable target to offer sheet. Like people talk like, oh Kale McCarr and Mitch Marner offer sheet candidates and right now it's Elias Pettersson but like if you offer sheet a star player like Ajo no matter what it is it it would have to be literally absurd for a team to not match it when it comes to star players like that the real margins come in on a guy like Chernak and Beauvillier like guys like that who are not stars or really even top pair top line players for that same matter that you can pry out of other teams by pricing them out and just giving up the draft picks for them if you believe them to be important. Like next year, like a good example of that could be a, let's say, for example, Victor Olofsson, I suppose. We can use him. He can offer sheet him. Is he even available to be offer sheet? I guess I should look at that first, but maybe, I don't know. Maybe not, but... I think you get what I'm trying to say here. Like, players like that, who might not be, like, the superstars. Like, Matthew Kachuk is going to be an RFA next year. I mean, well, the rate they're going right now, that actually could be a possibility. But, like, uh, Brock Besser. That's probably a guy that Vancouver is going to find a way to keep, no matter what. Kakaniemi is going to be an RFA next year again, which should be very fun. But... You get what I'm trying to say here. Maybe, like offer sheeting the star players for four first round picks and probably like $13 million. Probably not going to work out considering they're probably just going to match anyway. But those lower end players should be fully fair game to offer sheet and would force GMs to make more interesting moves to protect against that and would just allow for more movement and for like some lower-end players to just make more money and demand more money from their teams. Even if they don't sign those offer sheets, can be like, I could sign this offer sheet with blah, blah, blah. Like, you better up the deal or I am going to sign with them and you're just going to have to match it anyway. Like, it just makes for a more interesting league with more options. And if you, like, quite frankly, if you're not at least exploring the option, you're not doing your best as a general manager to improve your team if you're not using all of the options at your disposal. So there's really no reason as to why we see offer sheets so rarely other than, well, we don't want to make the other GMs mad. And that's the other thing about this Kakaniemi offer sheet. All it is doing is confirming that we will never see another one again because the Canadians went out on a limb and offer sheet at Aho and actually got him to sign it, and now they have to deal with this shit with Kakaniemi, and every team's gonna look at that and be like, well, well, sh- we don't want to deal with that. If we offer sheet someone, they're just gonna offer sheet someone back, and you know, we don't we don't want to deal with that. We don't want we don't want to make anyone mad. We're, we, you know, we don't actually want to win trades. You know, like that's an actual philosophy, by the way. GMs don't want to win trades too hard because they don't want the GMs to be mad at each other and they want to do business with them down the line, which, fair enough, I guess. But, like, why do you care about how they feel about a trade if they're offering you a bad deal? And, like, you should be trying your best to make your team better. Like, keep your head in your own boat. Why do you give a shit what other GMs think about you? They can be as mad as they want. I'd never really quite understood that but all in all knowing the nhl this is just going to make offer sheets less likely in the future anyway so we should enjoy this drama while it lasts whether montreal matches or not i do not think that they're going to match it which will be very interesting to see how that all paid even if they do match it 
Kakeniemi is going to get ripped to fucking shreds in that market, and he's probably going to get traded uh, like a year after it because they can't trade him for a year if they do match it. But the second that's up, they are probably shipping that guy to like Siberia or something because the fan base is going to hate him. The front, the management office is going to be probably sick of him. Like this, gets, if they match, it's going to be a rough season for Kakeniemi. He better hope they do not. So I don't think that they're going to match it just because I don't think it's a very good contract and just take the first and go upgrade at center with them. But that's just my take on it. And like I said, Kakeniemi better hope that they don't match it because that will be a mess for him. But again, I wrote an article for that on Fansided pretty recently if you want to see my full takes on that. And as for this episode... Of the Teledabs' podcast, I think that is going to do it. Thank you once again so very, very much for tuning in, as always. And shout out to the Netherlands, by the way. I have seen the charts. We are a top 20 hockey show in the Netherlands. We were as high as 8th this week in the Netherlands. So if you're listening to this show out in the beautiful country of the Netherlands, shout out to you. I see the numbers you guys put up over there. I can't say I understand it, but I appreciate it fully from the bottom of my heart. So shout out to the Netherlands and all of my Netherlands listeners. You guys rule. You are the best. And every single one of you who listens to this show is awesome. And I appreciate all of you equally. So thank you once again for tuning in to the show. If you want to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, wherever you get your show, a five-star review really helps out the show and helps it grow. Thank you once again for tuning in. I have been your host, Griffin Youngs. Enjoy the rest of your week, and I will catch you all next time.